This weekend is Father's Day and it's also the Feast of the Holy Trinity. So, of course, I'm thinking of the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But because it's Father's Day, I'm thinking of that first person of that Trinity, the Father. Why is God Father? I mean, we know that God is not a male. God has no gender. But why are there Father qualities that we ascribe to God? And it's not us. Jesus called God Father. He called him Abba. There are nurturing qualities to God. God is life-giving and nurturing in a way a mother is. But we don't call God mother. Here's what I think. It's not the mother that plants the seed. The father does that. The mother receives the seed in order to give life. God does not receive the seed. He plants the seed. In that, in that sense, God is very much the father. And if God is the father, then that says something to all of us who are fathers. We have to emulate God. We have to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. And we have to support fathers because it's not easy. We, we live in a society that seeks to erase all differences between male and female, that wants to erase the importance of being fathers and having fathers. But we need fathers, and we need fathers to be men and men to be fathers. So today, let's pray for all fathers that the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit descends upon them and blesses them so that they can be good fathers, perfect as their Heavenly Father is perfect. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I am Billy Chan. And again, Emily. Emily is <laughs> not here. She will be here for news. That's great. But she's really busy and all over the place, so she doesn't have time. So to that means I'm not busy. You are talking about that means I'm not busy. Billy I can sits around here. doing nothing all day, every day. I don't know. What does a webmaster do anyway? Doing the website. Nothing, nothing. Whatever. <laughs> website. How hard is it to do a website? Very tough. In in four languages. Come on. That's yeah, not hard at all. With the radio. Yeah. Um, you know what, Billy? A lot of people listen to this program on the, on the in the car, wow. in the Catholic channel on Sirius XM channel 129. Mm-hmm. And so I want to say to people, if you're stuck in the car, maybe there's traffic. I don't know. It's the weekend. There shouldn't be traffic, but I don't know where you are. But sit back, relax, because for the next hour, you're going to be with us. Yeah. Spiritual. Spir- spiritual? <laughs> yes. Spiritual. Inform- informative. Engaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But if you can only listen to part of the program... No worries, because why, Billy? You can always go online. You can always go online when you get home. You, all our shows are at our website, that great website that Billy <laughs> works on every day really hard, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Billy, we got a question from someone. Philomena what wrote to us from Brampton, Ontario, Ooh. and she had a question about when hosts fall on the ground. Oh. I, I thought that's a we, good question for dummies. Did we answer that before? Did we talk well, about we, that before? I think we talked about reverence yeah. to the host, the Eucharist. Yeah. But I don't know if we specifically talked about what happens when. Do the you host, want to answer that? Well, do you know the answer? I I think we just pick it up. And do what? And do what? And uh, if it's very like dirty that you cannot, you well, know, but consume. why would it be that dirty? Yeah, you know, how dirty be, is the floor of a church? Be, it shouldn't be, but I will okay, just like consume if you're it. like at World Youth Day and it's raining and mud. Yeah, yeah, the Toronto one, right? That's right. You consume it, so yeah, you, you pick it up, it. and con- usually the minister will consume it. Uh-huh. In fact, yesterday, uh, sorry, not yesterday, last Sunday at Mass, I was giving communion uh-huh. to a, a, a man, and this actually goes to show that some people, you know, he opened his mouth, yeah. but he did not stick his tongue out. 
You ah. Stick your tongue out because it's easy to place the host on your tongue. <laughs> if you don't stick your tongue out, it's very hard. It's like 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 trying to shoot, you know, the basket <laughs> in the. Um, and so of course the host fell. Oh. He was holding a baby, ah. so he caught the host kind of with his forearm, his other arm, and I was trying to catch it. And then we kind of took it. It didn't fall on the ground. That's great. But I consumed it anyway. I mean, mm. it was all like covered in grease from his hand and <laughs> but and then I garbage another host and gave it to him yeah. now if it fell on the ground yeah you just pick it up and consume it if there are crumbs or, or little bits you can grab a wet cloth ah, and, okay. and and dab the floor collect collect oh. the so uh, it's easy stuff it's not it's uh, easy yeah. stuff it's a little more difficult if it's the wine once yeah. the wine is consecrated <laughs> if it uh, spills then you really have to soak it up and and uh, but you soak it up with wet cloth once the wine is mixed with water it loses the 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 qualities of wine it stops being wine okay then it's not consecrated anymore nice extended version yeah. of church for dummies there you go extended version <laughs> yeah. of church for dummies there you go so that's uh, for Philomena who wrote to us from Brampton thank you um, about that um, if for some reason actually another one if for some reason let's say you're at an, in a nursing home yeah and you give the host to to a, 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 a an elderly person or a patient that can't swallow it and they spit it out okay in that in that sense you the minister might not want to consume it of course you put it in a little glass of water these it and dissolve it okay it might take a couple days you put it in the in the tabernacle while it's dissolving once okay. it's dissolved it has lost its qualities of bread and where do it's you no put longer. it then you pour it out either the there's a special sink oh, in the sacristy okay that goes straight into the ground okay if your sacristy doesn't have that you can just pour it straight into the ground where people are not going to walk on it like it's good to pl- water <laughs> the flowers with it you'll have nice flowers okay, okay. with that so so there you go extended church for dummies nice um, right now if you have any questions like Philomena you can write to us radio salt and TV.org. Uh, you can reach Billy at B. Joe Chan. You can reach me at Deacon Pedro GM. But that was not Church for Dummies. No, we actually no, no. have a Church for Dummies today. Yes. yes. What's the question Since today? Since you're talking about like, you know, water, yeah. we are going to talk about holy water. We're going to talk about holy water. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Good. So questions about holy water. That's with uh, Billy after Emily comes back, we hope, <laughs> uh, to, to talk to us about what's happening in the news. And then I'm very excited. You probably have never heard of Patrick's Corner. Never. Okay. So this is a column that's written in the Catholic Digest. Uh, a magazine that okay. I've been subscribed to for like over 20 years. Wow. So for 30 years, Sean Patrick has been writing a column for the Catholic Digest. The column is titled Patrick's Corner, and it's about growing up in Cleveland just after the Second World War. He grew up with his widowed mother and five older brothers. So, they were, so this woman had six sons, wow. and she was a widow, and they lived in a tiny apartment in Cleveland. Um, I've been reading Patrick's Corner on the Catholic Digest for over 20 years now and it's always the first story that I read when I get the magazine so you wrote for the, right, like 30 years for 30 years How stories old is of he right now well we're gonna meet Sean okay, Patrick great. later in the okay, show today okay. um, because sadly um, the magazine is discontinuing uh-huh. this they're not uh-huh. he's not writing any more stories um, so we thought it'd be a great opportunity to speak to Sean Patrick he's retiring from writing Patrick's Corner so that'll be in about 20 minutes Patrick's Corner again if you miss it Go, go online. You can you can uh, uh, listen to all these segments and interviews at our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And then, and at, then? The, at the end of the program, we have a new band. What is it? It's called Epic. Epic. Epic and Epic actually stands for something, but I'm not going to tell you because I need to listen to it. You need to listen listen <laughs> to it at the end of the program. E P I C. Epic, the band. They're a group from. Uh, 
Miami. Turns out I actually met them in Panama. I didn't know who they were <laughs> because they were the backup band for Val, uh, Valdemar Jansen, who's been on uh-huh. this program um, at the Fiat event uh, that they had for English-speaking pilgrims that was sponsored by the U.S. bishops and Focus and uh, the Knights of Columbus. Um, but I didn't know who they were. And then I've heard about this band, Epic, and it turns out that it's these guys from Miami. Wow. So, uh, and now you know. So Carlos Gonzalez, I think he goes by Charles Gonzalez, um, Charlie Gonzalez is going to speak to us uh, at the end of the program about Epic, about their music and their ministry um, at the end. So, yeah, at the end of the show. So there's lots coming up, Billy. Yes. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, why don't we start with the song? Of course. As of usual. Course, as usual. So here is Epic the Band with Steady Love from their first album, Epic. No place your love can reach No ocean bed, no mountain peak There is no place your love can reach No ocean bed, no mountain
that was Epic the Band with Steady Love from their album Epic. And we're going to be meeting Carlos Gonzalez, drummer and band leader of Epic, in our second half hour. And in about five minutes, Church for Dummies with Billy Chan. But now Emily has just rushed yes, into the hello. studio <laughs> briefly to give us three minutes of her time uh, with our news. Yes. Um, all right. So first of all, uh, the Pope declares the heroic virtues of eight men and women yes. this week. Uh, I mean, this happens frequently. Yes. So um, and it is for those of you who don't know the first step to eventually maybe becoming a saint. Uh-huh. Um, but among them, what was what I did want to mention was that among them, there is one from the United States, servant of God, Augustine Tolton, a yes. diocesan priest from who Chicago. lived from yeah. Chicago. Yeah. He lived between 1854 and 1897, a former slave. So mm. he was African-American. Uh, he was the first... African-American to become a priest, um, but not because he was admitted to a seminary in the U.S. He had to go to Rome to uh, to be ordained, um, but later came back to Chicago and uh, and and started his ministry there. So he died at the age of 43. Wow. Yes, so Augustine Tolton. Uh, So Vatican Radio launched a weekly news bulletin in Latin. Uh So it's called Ebdomada Pape. Um, So June 8th, it launched this this, this weekly bulletin called the Pope's Week in Review. Um, I just thought this was kind of neat. For Um, all the people who speak Latin. For all the people who speak Latin. It's just five minutes every week. Uh, Eventually, it will be available for English speakers as well because I think it's not necessarily available to everyone. Okay. And the editorial director, Andrea Tornielli, said that he didn't or they didn't conceive it with a nostalgic nostalgic look to the past, uh, but as a challenge to the future, he said. So it's not just kind of this this thing. They thought, oh, it'd be cool to kind of maybe have something in Latin. But um, yeah, but more of a challenge and wanting to breathe new life into the language, uh, the Latin language. So I don't know, kind of a neat thing. News yes, in Latin. Interesting. Yeah, I won't be reading. Time it. to learn some Latin, I exactly. guess. Exactly. Um, the Vatican released a document on gender theory this week yes. as well. So the Congregation for Catholic Education released the document entitled "Male and Female." He created okay. them towards a path of dialogue on the question of gender theory in education. Yeah. Um, so the congregation uh, wanted to offer guidance to Catholics on current debates over human sexuality. Mm-hmm. As we know, gender theory um, is a big topic of discussion. Um, so I'm not going to go into a lot of details of the document. Of course, you can always Google it, finding on, find it online. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a long document. Uh, they reject the idea of an ideology. Um, so they obviously, the it's pretty yeah. clear the document rejects the idea of a, of a gender theory. Right. Um, but they also acknowledge that any research that's been done in the last 30 years mm-hmm. uh, on this topic um, has taught us new things or more things on the differences between men and women. Um, But, but that gender theory itself is a moving away from nature and it's based on a confused sense of freedom, feelings and wants. Um, And so they also emphasize the need for, uh, for parents uh, to build an alliance between schools and society um, to just, yeah, to be, to be open about Mm -hmm. To discuss to dialogue over this information to um, to know more about it uh, so that they can obviously better educate their children right. uh, on this topic so that's all I'm going to say it's it's a, it's a kind of a it's a huge subject so yes um, you can go and look it up yes we'll actually put that link on our site so people can find it easily perfect that's great good. Uh, final little thing so um, the USCCB uh, was holding its spring general assembly mm-hmm. and 
And uh, one of the things that the Pope, or not the Popes, <laughs> but the bishops right. voted on was um, the authorization of a system to allow people to make reports via telephone. So this will be operated by a third party and it could be ready by next May, so in 2020. Um, and the system is one of the responses um, put into place to uh, the Pope's modu proprio, you are the light of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- in that document, one of the mandates is um, is for dioceses to establish uh, a public, stable, and easily accessible system for submitting reports. So uh, this system that they want to implement would be a central receiving hub Mm -hmm. um, and then all the information would be sent to the appropriate people that need the information. Right. Okay, good. So U.S. bishops making it easier for people to report. Yes. Uh, Thank you, Emily Callan. Sorry that you can't be here for the rest of the show, but I know you're busy. Yes. Um, (laughs) We'll see you next week. Emily Callan, our news producer. You can follow her at Emmy Callan. Coming up is Billy Chan with a question about holy water. So stay tuned. Hello, my name is John Paul Von Arx, and thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can stay in touch with what's happening on this show by following me on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. And now it's time for Church for Dummies with Billy Chan, who has a question about holy water. Holy water. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I do not. I, I think a lot of people have this kind of of question or or at least thinking about once for their life about if yeah. holy if holy water is really powerful yeah okay so before this okay yeah. let's you know to do it from the beginning yes like how do you make holy water well you don't yeah <laughs> you don't make holy water okay, but yeah so I, know what, water, I know what you're asking okay, yeah, yeah. yeah no you bless water the same thing the same way you bless uh anything else However, I would say that there's a specific difference with the water in that once the water is blessed, uh-huh. it can be used to bless other things. Oh, okay, As opposed okay, to if okay. I bless a crucifix, yeah. right? So, But let me back up because I think it's important to know. So the word, because you you're essentially you're asking what happens when you bless something. Yes. And yes. then we'll look at water. Yeah. The word blessing, do you know how to say blessing in, in Latin? How's your Latin, Billy? I'm, I'm really bad. How do you bad. say blessing in Chinese? Um, I'm really bad. You don't know how to say it in I Chinese? it's called doxing. Uh, and how do you translate that to English? Blessed it to, oh, oh, I wish it to be holy. Okay, so you're you're making holy. Okay, Make, yeah. In yeah. Latin, it's bene benedicere. Okay, that actually means bene, good, good, dicere to say. So you're actually saying a good word oh. about something. So at at the very strict sense, to bless something is to say a good word. So we can bless God. We're saying God, okay. you're amazing. We're saying a good word. God can bless us and gives us. So that's really the the basis of of a blessing. Blessing. Mm -hmm. So when we bless an object, I suppose a blessing is a prayer that that praises God for creating the object um, and and maybe uh, asks that the object be used for for good or for a greater greater good and for God's glory. uh, In a way, when I bless items, um, I will say something like, you know, uh, that that any time that this object is used or or even looked upon, that people are reminded of how much God loves them. Okay. So I'm I, okay. I would like the object to have to to have a greater purpose in the life of that person. But there are many many other ways. So to, I should to bless say. my cell phone. 
Can you, I do you that? Could, you could, bl- y- yeah, you, you, you could. You, you should just not use your cell phone so much. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, you could. I mean, there's, no, there's nothing saying that we can't bless... I mean, you can people bless cars, you bless pets, you okay. bless objects, you bless homes. Yeah, I'm hoping that yeah, you're going to invite yeah. me to bless your own new home. <laughs> Billy just moved, um, right? So how about water then? You know, you, so the water is yeah. just like any other object. It's a sacramental. Anything that is blessed becomes a sacramental. Something that helps you pray, okay, um, or that reminds you oh, of God or okay. points to God, right? A rosary is a sacramental. Holy water is a sacramental. Statues, a statues are sacramentals. But as I said, the the difference between blo- water Blessed water is that then the water can be used to bless other things. And I, I heard sometime you put salt. When yes. You bless the water. Yes, is it? you can. Now, if you look online, you will probably see definitions of holy water as water that has blessed holy salt in it. Holy mu- salt. So you need to bless. The oh salt yeah, no, no. It's not just any salt. The salt has to be blessed. And in fact, and I went into the sacristy because I have the big. Uh, our, our listeners can't see, of course. I have the <laughs> big. Uh, Roman Missal here with me, and if you flip back to the to the appendix, there's the blessing of salt. Okay, and it actually says that where where the circumstances of the place or the custom of the people suggest the mixing of salt be preserved in the blessing of water, then the priest may bless salt. And there's this beautiful short prayer to bless the salt. And then if we, I, we I've only seen it done where where the priest will bless the salt, and then flips back. And he, he does the prayer of blessing over the water. And instead of doing the sign of the cross yeah. with his hand, he actually pours the salt into the oh. water. Because that's, he's a, putting the salt. sign. Exactly. He's putting the salt in the water to bless. And I've seen that done during the Easter season, but it doesn't have to be done during the Easter season. So is, is it um, a mandatory to have salt or no? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so because this, again, this is saying where it's the custom Okay. That mixing salt. But that might be a traditional thing that, you know, I mean, the, the blessing of salt goes back to a story of the prophet Elisha. So you should look it up okay. in, in Kings, I think it is, uh, where he cast salt in the water and the water was contaminated or something and the water was purified. So, and we know that salt is a preservative. So salt. So, yeah, so you so can kill bacteria. You it can, can kill uh, bacteria. Yeah. And I would say that even salt, I would say that even <laughs> salt has even because you talked about power and yeah. I shouldn't use that language yeah. but the the holy salt blessed salt is even more powerful than holy water yes that's my will be my next but, question that will be my next question yeah like, you know if is it because we watch a lot of the exorcist, exorcist <laughs> and they always use uh, the holy water to actually kick out yes. the devil right yeah. so, yes. so is, it, is it that powerful it's just like you know when I'm saying if you're dealing with devils you definitely need the salt okay <laughs> Don't just go with water. You okay. need the salt. Yeah, salt, yeah. So is it the, about the power or is it just a symbolism meaning? I think that there is something, I mean, I don't know. We can we can de- do Church <laughs> for Dummies about exorcism. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. more complicated. That's, that's, yeah. If you look at the, the book of exorcisms, the actual ritual of exorcism, uh-huh. it will have the blessing of the salt and the blessing of the water and all these things because sacramentals or holy objects are used to... Uh, to repel, to to expel evil. Um, mm. St. Teresa of Avila, uh, I think she might have been the first one to said that that the demons hated holy water and we needed to use holy water oh, to expel okay. the So that might be Teresa of Avila, um, uh, but I'm not sure. I'm okay. not sure. I do know that we've been blessing things so that, since the Old Testament. So that basically means, because a lot of people thinking blessing the house 
means you yeah. want to kick out of the bad spirit or or evil spirit inside the house. I think so. Is it yeah. true or not? Uh, yeah, I. <laughs> I would say yes, yes and no. It's very okay. there's a very fine line between being superstitious about this because yeah. it's not magic. Okay. You know, okay. when we bless things, so there's two kinds of blessings. You have uh, what's called invocative blessings. So this is g- asking God to uh, to show favor on something without changing it. So like if I bless you, Billy, or I bless my son. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not asking God to change my son. I'm just saying, you know, uh, God bless bless this person. This person is good, and, and right, as opposed to a constitutive constitutive blessing that is actually asking for something to be changed. So when water is changed, uh, blessed. When a new building, a church is blessed. Yeah. Um, we talk about uh, blessing or consecrating an altar. Uh-huh. It's more than just a blessing. We're asking something. We do believe that we're asking for something to change. Um, I don't know how that would work with a house, but I do know that with houses, and again, this is a difficult uh, topic, but with houses that are stuff, uh, uh, because you can have a house that's possessed by evil spirits. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can pour salt. I mean, people use salt, bless holy salt, to keep evil out of... I think that there's truth to that. Okay. Um, but it's but complicated. I'm not an expert, so I don't want to get too much into that. Um, it's uh, very fascinating. But it is fascinating. <laughs> Maybe we have some an exorcist <laughs> listening to the program or yeah. someone that, that has experience. Um, uh, you can write to us or, or, or yeah, call us and we'll call you and you can be a guest on the program. <laughs> I actually did interview, uh, did a, a, several years ago, did uh-huh. a, an interview in this program with uh, not an exorcist, but the person, you know the movie The Right? Yes, I so love the, that the, movie. It's based on a book. The author of that book, of course, I can't think of his name right now. Um, he was a guest on this program. Wow. And spoke okay. about, about exorcisms. In, we should in, go in through all the programs now to we go, should go to through our all the website. programs. Yeah, maybe I'll put a link in there so people want to listen to that yeah. about exorcisms. So, but, but in short, holy water is a sacramental. It reminds us that God uh, loves us and maybe reminds us that we need to be better. Okay. And uh, we can use it to bless other things. Good. I will have more questions about blessing things next week, okay? Well, there you go. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, a reminder to uh, anyone, if you miss any part of this conversation uh, about blessings, you can listen to all of it. You can listen to the whole show at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. This was Church for Dummies with Billy Chan, our webmaster here at Salt and Light Media, and you can follow him at B. Joe Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, Growing Up Catholic in America, a featured chat with Sean Patrick, and we meet Epic the Man, so don't go anywhere. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2, I'm Deacon Pedro. Patrick's Corner was a chunk of sidewalk in a busy corner street corner in Cleveland. And this is where the six Patrick brothers shined shoes and sold newspapers to passersby, handing down the torch from the eldest, Tommy, to Billy, then to David, then Kevin and Danny, and last of all, to the youngest, Sean. This was life as an Irish Catholic in post-Second World War II Cleveland.
The Patrick brothers grew up with their widowed mother in a small apartment. Sean Patrick, the youngest, as an adult, began writing stories from his youth and introduced us to many characters from his life growing up. His friends Bloke, Charlie, Victor, and Regan, his priests, his adventures in altar serving, the nuns who taught him, his friend, the son of the Presbyterian minister, and even his Jewish neighbors. The stories are wonderful, and Sean Patrick wrote them for over 30 years, published monthly in the Catholic Digest since 1987. Last month was the last installment of Patrick's Corner, and so we wanted to speak to Sean Patrick, and I did so earlier this week. Sean Patrick, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. That seems like a very beautiful introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's so good to have you on the program. Um, uh, How did you start writing uh, Patrick's Corner? I uh, look back on it and try to figure out how I started writing this thing. It came out of nowhere. <clears throat> I uh, liked, to, I, I was the youngest in the family. Yes. You know, I was floating around. And I uh, I liked to write. I liked, to, I was working on a little few, few little things. And finally I decided, gee, I had a, write about this crazy family of mine. Yeah. This might, it was something that I could write and I knew what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it seems like it was a lot of fun. I just did it. I bought an old computer. It was a K-Pro. Okay. That, ancient things. Yes. And I, I typed that just to see what it came to. And I did this uh, on the spur of the moment, and someone, my uh, wife, <laughs> yes, <be> someone, <laughs> yes, said, "Why don't you write about the kids and the family and see what we can come up with?" Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what we did. I uh, typed my manuscripts and uh, tried to put some uh, things in that the people would like. And uh, I tossed a manuscript to Catholic Digest. Right. They were, that was a old, old magazine at the time. 19, yes. 1986, yes. I think, was the first one that I put in. Yes. And I put, put in this thing, and uh, boy, they wrote back to me and said, well, we're going to give you $100 for this manuscript. <laughs> that's, that's fine with me. Wow. I'm, Happy with that? Wow! And I took a hundred bucks for them, and she they uh, put that in the magazine, and it was something about what happened when uh, in in our uh, neighborhood. Yes. How do you, do you remember the first story that you wrote? I sure do. What was it? I sure do. Uh, it was. I'm trying to remember the title of it uh-huh. because it was. It was about. Uh, an old man that uh, bought my newspapers from me. Yes. I was a kid that I sold newspapers, and I yeah, and uh, he was a really nice old guy. He was an old Jewish guy. Yes, and he just kept saying, encouraging me to work 
and to work for my nickel that I got for the <laughs> shoe shine. Yeah. And uh, this went on for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, he wasn't there anymore. Hmm. And I went to, uh, I was concerned, one of my customers. <laughs> yeah. Turned out he, he had died during the night. And he had left a little note for me, paper boy. And uh, it was just something that struck me so very strongly mm-hmm. that this man would think of taking care of me, this dumb Irish kid. Yeah. And uh, it went from there. I, yeah. Magazine uh, picked it up. Uh-huh. They liked it, and they said, well, you do any more? I said, well, I probably could. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I soon went down and uh, talked to my brothers, and we had a uh, we 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 would uh, talk about uh, the crazy things that I was doing or they were doing, yeah. what we were doing about our church. Mm-hmm. We were uh, typically Irish and everything else. And, we couldn't do anything else. Right. I could write in the thing. So, I had a good book. You're listening to the Salt and Light Hour. This is Deacon Pedro. I'm speaking with Sean Patrick about growing up Catholic in America, in Cleveland specifically. Now, Sean, you said that. Yeah. I mean, I'm always amazed because for 30 years you wrote, I don't know how many stories. How do you remember all? I know you said you spoke to your oh. brothers, but did you keep notes or a diary when you were growing up? No. No. no so you I remember everything. I, I, I remembered, I re- it was just something that came into my mind and the things would come up and wow. uh, I had so many friends and everything. Mm-hmm. We had probably one of the most uh, homogeneous yeah. uh, group of yes. people in the neighborhood. Yes. We had, it was Irish Catholic for most of it, but we also had a Lutheran church. We had a uh, Jewish synagogue. Yeah. And we had a little Presbyterian church, and they all had kids in them. And yeah. we were all playing baseball with those kids and everything. So that's what caused us to become really, uh, I, it was like a neighborhood story. Right, yeah. And what we were doing and what the people liked. And all of a sudden we started getting, uh, the people tried to, would uh, get in touch with me. Right, send you mail. And uh-huh. I would tell them, you know, and I, I got hundreds of uh, fan mail. I can Hundreds imagine. of letters over yes. the years. yes. I've uh, made a, I think I was a little under 400 stories. Amazing. In my, in my Yes, and they're not just, they're not yeah. just, they're not just good stories. It's obviously very well written, but every story has a lesson. You, you not only remember That's what it. happened, but you learn something as you grew up in this place. That's right. And I, I was doing, and I went into the police department, and I, mm-hmm. I just enjoyed what I was doing. Mm-hmm. 
and the kids would my friends would call me my brothers they mm-hmm. would talk about uh well what about this what about that hmm. and uh, we had some pretty outstanding people yeah that i grew up with now i i was one of the dumb dumbos i was <laughs> the, i was the cop you know right my o- oldest brother was a, a lawyer and he was became a judge and then two firemen in the family a professor wow accountant and they were good but and we had other people in there that we just loved we yeah. were all like one big family you were and and th- best friend was bloke he was right my best friend yeah his yes. real name wasn't bloke it was gerald but yeah. we called him called bloke. Him bloke yeah yeah well and through your writing you they almost became part of our family as well um well, what do you, <laughs> yeah what do you what do you think sean um, what did growing up in that place, you know, in Cleveland at that specific time, because I think that it's because it was after World War II, it also makes a difference. What did it teach you about how we are called to live our Catholic faith today? We were very strongly Catholic in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, and all these other families that were in other religious backgrounds or something, yeah, they were just as important as we were. Yeah. And we became, all of us became very uh, strong in our faiths. Mm-hmm. And we had a time when Catholics and others had a good time being friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Second World War was going on strong and everything. We worked together. We had uh, the kids. We've got a national uh, magazine. I don't remember where it came from or anything else. But they... Uh, took us and our kids as kids that were trying to help what they call the, uh, oh, what was the name they used? It was a, they found any way they could help in the uh, the war effort, that's what they called it. Right. We got in a magazine and everything else. We got a page in a newspaper and all that. We used to pick up cans of grease oh, yeah. and take them. To, I don't know what they did with them, but with, with huh. the boys, we used to take them in the, my wagon and take that stuff right. down there. And we had a great time right. doing that. And the women used to make bandages and all right stuff. and the relationship you had with your priests and the sisters that taught oh, you at the, the schools i i we had a fantastic group of priests yes and with them, when you have all these things that i hear about from others nowadays i'm looking at my priests and god they were people that were made to work for us and with us they right. were fantastic. Right. We never had a bad one on the thing. And I think you can say the same about the sisters that taught you as well, right? At the, the sisters were, oh, my God. I'll tell you about my wife. Yes. My wife was a nun. Wow. My wife was, she who, well, yeah, 
I met her after she came out of the conference and all that. I right. never met her before, and wow, hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> and uh, we got married. Uh, we had a good, good marriage. Yes, a long, long marriage. 42 years, 42 but then years. She, she died. Yes. But it was a fantastic thing. Yes. Oh, she was hard on me, my God, that Irish woman. <laughs> there you go. You you, you have to now start a whole new series about writing stories from your married life. Um, Sean, that's all the time we have. It's been such a pleasure finally speaking with you. Um, we're we're sad that the stories are ending, but there's so many stories that we can read them over and over and over again. Thank you for sharing yeah. a little bit of that with us. Sure thing. Thank you very much. I enjoyed talking with Yes. That was a conversation I had with Sean Patrick earlier this week. Sean Patrick is the author of Patrick's Corner, a monthly column published in the Catholic Digest for over 30 years. The last installment of Patrick's Corner ran in the magazine last month. You can try to find the collection of stories, The Best of Sean Patrick, Memories of Growing Up, Catholic, published by 23rd Publications, or you can visit catholicdigest.com where they will continue posting Patrick's Corner stories every month. If you missed any part of this conversation or if you want to hear it again, go to our website, saltandlighttv.org radio. Here now is our featured band of the week, Epic the Band, with Divine from their album, Creation. Bring me peace, still my breath, put my soul to rest, God my heart, hear my cries, then let the world know you are mine. Take my hand, guide my steps. Slow me down until I feel whole again. Hear my cries, then let the world know you are mine. You are to 
nothing that is greater than the blood of the Lamb. When the Spirit rushes over and my stains are washed away, there is nothing in between us that can keep your love away. You're the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. There is nothing. That was Epic the Band with Divine from their album Creation. And I'm still trying to figure out more about Epic the Band. I met them at World Youth Day 2019 in Panama, but didn't really know who they were. And I know, I mean, I know that they're based in Miami. I've learned that Epic, E-P-I-C, stands for Eternal Power in Christ. And I know from listening to their music that it's not just any one genre. They're a mix of Latin, jazz, electronic, pop, and funk. As Catholic musicians, that's pretty unique. So why don't we learn more? Joining me now is Charles Gonzalez. He's the drummer and band leader. Charles, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. It's great to have you, and, and uh, I'm sorry that I didn't know who you guys were when I met you in January. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, no problem. It won't happen again. I really happening. like how you, how you introduced it with the, with the funk, I love that. <laughs> it's good, it's good, it's good. But yeah, there's, yeah, but yeah. I must say, there's very little information about you guys online. So um, mm-hmm. uh, t- tell me a little bit about the band, because I see, uh, I mean, Daniel Rodriguez, Charles Gonzalez, Ricky Gonzalez, Adrian Gonzalez, it's just like family? <laughs> so it, that is the funny part. No, we're not. We're not related. You're not. <laughs> you all have not, the same last just name. I happen to have the same last name. <laughs> okay, so so Charles Gonzalez is not related to Ricky Gonzalez and not related to Adrian Gonzalez. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you guys? So how did you guys? Uh, how did you guys meet? How did you end up starting playing uh, so, together? Um, we actually uh, met in our youth group. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah. We, we we played in the in the in the in the choir for the youth band. Okay, and uh, and we've known each other for I mean I, I'm talking about maybe about like ten years, 10, right? Seven, like seven, ten years around there. Yeah, and um, and and not too long after, I want to say like after you know playing with each other and getting to know each other and then actually coming close together, uh, we formed uh, the Epic Ministry. Uh huh. And from the Epic Ministry, that's where Epic the Band was born. Okay, so Epic Ministry yeah. is something different than Epic the Band. Yes, yes. So the Epic Ministry is focused on uh, formation. We help the youth uh, with their formation, whether whether it's a confirmation retreat, okay, or uh, just rent. You know, any anytime they want uh, they want us to go out and do a talk or something like that, we can go out and and do that for them. Right. Um, so, yeah. so I I said that the music is a, is a mix of pretty much a lot of things. Um, but how would you describe your music? I want to say it's sort of kind of like an electric pop, yeah, and also some kind of like rock in there, yeah. But definitely, I mean, you, you hit it on the nail because we all have yes some kind of background. Like uh, Ricky, he's like a jazzy. Uh-huh guy like he likes that jazz and then i like I, I love classic rock oh yeah yeah and then our producer daniel he and he's also the keyboardist he yeah. loves like hip-hop trap and that style of music so it's kind of like putting all of those genres in one right right and uh coming up with something unique something different it is and it is very unique um but but you guys I did, and i didn't mention two of the other band members jessica justo and ivan castro um yes you guys are all Latinos. 
So, yes, we are. But do you? But you're not doing Latino music. We're working on it. We just. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're, it's, it's a little. Que pasa? Since, um, since we were raised out here in, in the in the states, uh, yeah. Um, we've we've kind of adapted to the English, yeah. and then now now we're we're starting to to uh, get into uh, uh, translating all of our songs. For okay. example, we came out with. Right before going to Panama, we came out with uh, the Spanish version of Steady Love, which uh -huh. is Santa Amor. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and working on our album now to see uh, what what are the pop the, the popular ones in that in the in the album, so we can translate those into Spanish. Nice. And maybe in Portuguese, because because uh, you're going now, to you know, <laughs> World Youth Day is going to be in Portuguese. Because you're so. thinking about you're <laughs> thinking about Lisbon 2022. Yeah, we heard uh, we played Steady Love at the beginning of the program. So people, if they mm -hmm. were listening at the early uh, at the beginning of the program, they would have heard that. Um, so when you're doing retreats, confirmation retreats, and things like that, do you, is some of part is is part of that ministry in Spanish with uh, Latino or Hispanic communities? Oh, um, not. Not uh, mainly. It's, it's been mostly all in, in yeah English. in English. The uh, band, the band, we focus more on, on the Latino community. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the the the, the ministry just focused on, on on the English part since everybody mostly is like all the youth around here is mostly English dominant. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, can I ask you personally about your? I mean, you were grew up playing music were you writing are you do you write some of the music yes yes I actually uh co-wrote uh steady love oh yeah nice yeah and uh, well i i actually grew up playing baseball <laughs> um and that was like my 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 my, my dream yeah and my uncle started getting me into music when i was about like 14 or so okay um as a drummer you were doing i actually started out in latin percussion i started out with congas uh -huh. uh, yeah actually played in the salsa band for a bit oh yeah nice um and it wasn't until i came around to the band that i picked up the drums nice yeah yeah so what what would you say your hopes for the music is you do you want to continue doing ministry retreats and things like that or do you would you like to do more concerts more recordings or everything oh uh, i think i think our our long run goal or dream yeah would be to actually like spread our music, you know, through any any means possible. Um, whether if it's a concert, whether if it's a retreat. Right. Um, I think I think one of our biggest goals is to to be able to interact with those people that are listening to our music. Yeah. And just kind of like get to see where they are, where they are at, at their faith, mm -hmm. if, or where they're going through, what are the problems that they're going through. And somehow maybe with our music we can create some kind of positivity or some kind of hope um, in them. Yeah, of course, because um, you have sorry. And of course, of, of course, through uh, Christ, you know. Yes, yeah. Hey, don't forget him. Um, you have because it's two albums that you've published, Epic and Creation, right? Yeah. So Epic was our EP. Yeah. And then Creation was our our, our full album. Right. Um, yeah. But then you've released several singles, as well. Yes. So mm -hmm. is that the hope that they're working already on a new next album, a new album? Uh, we're actually been focusing on on releasing singles because I, I I don't know if you've noticed that a lot of the at least in the music industry, yes, it's been everybody just releasing singles and yes. singles. Yes. Uh, so yeah. and then we also wanted to keep it fresh for for everybody. So like so we can be um, coming out with new music, you know, and. and 
in a shorter amount of time than like, you know an album which took us like a four year to actually yeah. finish. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. So you're hoping to go to Portugal. I guess that's oh, it. Oh, definitely. And, and you're, uh, so in the meantime, you're also touring, uh, yes. participating in, did you get a chance to participate in any of the, again, I sort of keep thinking you guys are doing Hispanic ministry, so I'm thinking about Encuentro and, and big, you know, Hispanic conferences like that. Um, but I mean, there's so much happening in the United States in terms of uh, ministry or music ministry or conferences. Are you uh, hoping to participate in, in events like that and, and kind of do your ministry through those? Uh, definitely. Events? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We've actually uh, already worked with Encuentros. Yeah. And we've done a few a few concerts for them. And uh, honestly, we, we've, we've, we just want to help out everybody, everybody in the community, as, as you know, we are one church, so you know any way that we can help, and, and especially start forming the next leaders of tomorrow. That that that's where we'll be. Absolutely, and I think you're you're on your way. The certainly the music is 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 pretty unique as as quote unquote Catholic groups go, um, and you guys are still. I mean, young. I mean, you started this what three years ago? So three years ago, you got yeah. you got lots <laughs> lots more to go. So I hope to see you in Portugal. And it's been Definitely. great uh, meeting you, Charles. Uh, thank you for sharing your music with us today. Likewise, likewise. Thank you for having me. You can learn all about Epic, the band, their ministry and music. You can learn how to bring them to your parish or your event to purchase their music at their website, EpicTB, so E-P-I-C-T-B dot com. I'm going to put that link on our site, saltandlighttv.org slash radio, so you can find it easily. And also, if you missed any part of this segment or listen to the rest of the show, you can go to our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Here now is Epic, the band with one of those singles that Charles was talking about, Forever. We're listening to Epic the Band with their single Forever. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can always reach us via email at radio at saltandlighttv.org. You can also find Salt and Light on Facebook and Twitter at Salt and Light TV. And I am at B. Joe Chan. And I'm at Deacon Pedro GM. And Emily, who's not here, <laughs> she did her news and then left. But you can still reach her at Emmy Callan. Hey, it's a, it's, it's a really good show. But it was I, a good show. I, I forgot yeah. to ask you one question. You forgot, to, okay? <laughs> about holy water? Yeah, about holy water. Can, okay. we, can we actually drink it? Um, I think you can, although it's probably really dirty because people <laughs> stick their finger in there. Um, but if you have, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. I mean, there's okay nothing that says you drink. can't drink it. Yeah. Okay. I don't think, again, you're not thinking of magical. If you're sick, you have a cold, you drink holy water, it's not going to cure you. Yeah. I mean, maybe <laughs> it might. I don't know, but I don't, I don't think With that the is. salt. Yeah. yeah anyway, and people are, are, people who didn't listen to the first half of the show are wondering, what are we talking about? You can always go and listen to the rest of the program. All these interviews, questions on Holy Water, on Church for Dummies, at our, I don't know, where do they go, Billy? Our website at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. That's where we post all our, our segments and links to our artists and guests, so you can go there and support what they do. Sean Patrick, Patrick's Corner, and Epic of the Band. Go help them out. 
And that's also where you can find out how to support what we do. What we do here at Salt and Light. Thank you for being with us. I'm Deacon Pedro. I am Billy Chan. And this has been the, the Salt, Salt and Light, Light Hour. Hour.